campers, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our mystery in a moment. I want to thank all of our supporters. If you would like to continue to see us grow, please make sure you hit the subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. The best way to support us is to share our podcast with friends and family. Thank you for all of our supporters, and now... Let's throw another log on the fire, campers. It's time for a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always is our storyteller and journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Akrabika Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. At Hocking Hill State Park near Logan in Southeast Ohio, There's a feature with a pretty curious name, Old Man's Cave. You might have been there yourself. It's definitely the most popular place in the park and, frankly, probably one of the most popular attractions in any of our state parks. It's a rock shelter in a beautiful gorge located off State Route 664. Now, people were calling this spot Old Man's Cave even in the 19th century. The oldest reference I could find myself was in an 1853 newspaper article. And even then, it was an attraction. People went out of their way to picnic there and explore it. But why that name? I'm going to give you three options to choose from. There's one that's written on a state historical marker at the cave, but there are a couple of other century-old legends that suggest a different origin. First, Let me explain this rock feature to you, because it's pretty stunning. Old Man's Cave is just a tiny part of a gorge made of blackhand sandstone that goes for half a mile. The creek here spent thousands of years carving this natural avenue out of the rock. At some points, the top of the gorge hovers nearly 150 feet above your head. The state park refers to this gorge in five sections, Upper Falls, Upper Gorge, Middle Falls, Lower Falls, and Lower Gorge. Old Man's Cave is part of the Upper Falls, a huge recess located about 75 feet above the stream. Now, long before the cave's name became attached to an old man, it sheltered a lot of people. Archaeologists say prehistoric Indians were dwelling in this spot as much as 7,000 years ago. My gosh, that's 5,000 years before Christ was born. And in the 1600s and 1700s, the Shawnee, the Wyandotte, and the Lenape all spent time here. According to the Ohio Historical Society, the first white men to call this spot home were Nathaniel and Pat Rayan. The brothers arrived in 1795 and built a cabin 30 feet north of the cave entrance. It is believed both of those men are buried either in the cave or very near it. Their cabin was later dismantled and relocated on a nearby farm to be used as a tobacco drying house. But neither of the Rayon brothers are the old man of the legend. According to state park officials and a historical marker on the spot, the old man refers to Richard Rowe. So, this is option one for our old man. 
the story told by various internet sources, including the state's website at hockinghills.com, is that Richard's family came from the Cumberland Mountains of Tennessee. In 1796, after Richard's mom passed away, he and his brother David and their unnamed father relocated to Ohio and operated a trading post on the banks of the Ohio River. Now, David pursued a career piloting riverboats, a job that took him all the way down the Mississippi and eventually had him settled somewhere in the Ozarks. Richard worked hard as a trader until the War of 1812. The war was a tense time in America, especially in Ohio, where we were on the front lines as a young United States tried to fend off Britain in the West. Reportedly, this era wore heavily on Richard. He withdrew from society, moved into the forest, and became a hermit. Richard often traveled with his two dogs along the Scioto River, looking for game, and it was during one of those trips up Salt Creek that he found the Hawking region, and that's where he made his final home. There came a day when Richard decided to go visit his brother. He traveled all the way to the Ozarks, but only to learn David had died. His widow was still there, but she was in dire straits with no money to support herself. Richard had money to give her, but it wasn't with him. He had buried it at Old Man's Cave. So he went all the way back to Ohio, intending to retrieve it and bring it back to her. Richard made it back home that winter but suffered a crazy accident. He went to get some drinking water from a stream, and his habit was to use the butt of his musket to crack the ice. But this time when he did it, the weapon fired, and a bullet caught him under the chin. A couple of days later, local trappers found him, and from the scene were able to speculate what happened. They made him a coffin from the bark of an oak tree, and, according to the state park, Roe was buried beneath the ledge of the main recess cave, though the exact site has never been found. So, is this story true? Well, I gotta believe some evidence has to be submitted to get one of those historical markers. And this story is rich in detail that fabricated stories usually don't bother to include. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a public database of evidence submitted for those markers, so we just have to take their word for it. Or do we? Because it's not the only option for the old man. Option two comes from a story that ran in the Logan Democrat Sentinel on March the 28th, 1907. The author of the story wasn't named, but was identified as a resident of Cedar Grove who gave this personal account. Many years earlier, a couple of boys were exploring the cave when they decided to rest and build a small fire inside the recess. They were discussing their adventures when they heard some rustling like footsteps through leaves and they turned to see an elderly man standing near. He had a long gray beard and old-fashioned clothing, wore moccasins on his feet, and had a gun slung over his shoulder. 
Next to him was a huge white hound. The boys said the man never spoke a word, just continued on past them and disappeared into the wall on the far side of the cave. The boys were frightened enough to immediately run home to their family. They explained this ghostly apparition, and when word reached other townspeople, a small group, including the author of this particular story, grabbed picks and shovels and went back to the cave. They went to the area where the ghost reportedly disappeared, and there they saw a wet depression. They began to dig. About three or four feet down, they discovered a large porous box, and inside, the mummified remains of a man and a dog. The searchers then noticed a curious fissure in the rock that looked to be loose, So they started picking at the rocks and sand and revealed a space that was about four feet square. Inside that small room, they found cooking utensils, a flintlock gun that had a date on it of 1702, and pieces of flint and other artifacts. There was also a large earthen pot that was sealed The writer of this article said they used a chisel to break the pot open and found in it some gold coins and a collection of writings. There was a periodical claiming King George III had a right to tax the colonies. There was a printed copy of the Declaration of Independence. And there was a sketch of the old man's life. It said the old man was a trapper, who came to the area with 25 other trappers in 1750. Those were colonial times. He chose the cave for his abode, while his companions lived in other areas along Cedar Valley Creek, some in tents, some in wigwams. They collected furs of all kinds and were regularly visited by an agent who bought all their goods and made them rich men. The old man died in 1777 and was buried in the cave. And, this is disturbing as heck, that the dog was alive in the coffin by his side and buried with him as well. The newspaper also said the man's name was written in Old English on the face of the rock where his body was found. His name was Retzler. His dog's name was Harper. Even his gun had a name. Pointer. The author invited people to visit the old man's cave and see the very legible names etched onto the rock. Now, the boys who reported Retzler's ghost apparently weren't the first or the last to see it. The Democrat Sentinel reported the ghost of the old man and his dog had been seen routinely by hunters and fishermen at Rose Lake by picnickers and hikers at Lower Falls. Some people claim to have seen him moseying along the trail during daylight hours, his flintlock gun slung over his shoulder, and his dog always walking next to him. So, who is the old man? Is it Retzler, from colonial times? Or Richard Rowe, after the American Revolution? Or neither? Because we have option number three. In a recent history book called Logan and Hocking County by Judith S. Meniscus, Meniscus says 
the name of the cave came from people who thought that from a particular perspective, the cave looked a lot like a face. She even has a picture of the formation in her book, and darned if the silhouette doesn't look exactly like an old man. So there you go. Could the cave be named for its appearance and not a person at all? Look, in any case, go check it out. Hocking Hills is a treasure. As a matter of fact, Old Man's Cave is part of a six-mile course called the Grandma Gatewood Trail. And if you haven't heard our episode on Grandma Gatewood, go find it right now. A truly inspirational story about a fascinating lady. You can find it and all our episodes by going to ohiomysteries.com and clicking on the Episodes tab. Almost 400 episodes there, folks, so it might take you a minute to find it, but it's worthwhile. Now, the Grandma Gatewood Trail connects three park areas, and in the span of just a couple of miles, you'll pass through three waterfalls, and you'll hike through three sandstone tunnels. You'll also get to see Devil's Bathtub. As the creek worked its way down through the gorge by the cave, it reached an area of sandstone so hard the water stopped carving horizontally and started carving vertically. It goes straight down, creating the swirling action that looks like it's circling the drain of a bathtub. Legend says the swirling drain goes all the way down to hell itself, but it really just goes down a few feet, then pops out further downstream under the bridge, where it continues to Old Man's Cave. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news, clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, share our podcasts everywhere. We are currently trying to reach our goal of being the number one podcast on KillerPodcasts.com, which we currently hold the second most listened podcast there. I know you can help us get there. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.